Alright guys, welcome back to the Cinema Talk Movie Journal Episode 2. We're back. There is this second episode, that means this is this is living. This is gonna happen. <laughs> this I can this feel is it. happening. <laughs> um, so I'm your co-host Ryan. I'm Matthew. And um, so yeah, we're back, Episode 2. If you haven't gone back and listened to Episode 1, highly suggest it. Um, the second half of the episode probably doesn't have much impact anymore, other than me calling a certain category that we'll get to. Um, True. But yeah, we talked about Bird Box, and um, yeah, uh, this week we'll be talking about um, the results of the glorious night that was Sunday night, the Golden Globes, um, and we will be talking about another BB movie. I guess we need to find a third one for next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about Beautiful Boy today. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bird Box that. and Beautiful Boy, so like, I don't know. I can't think of another BB film off the top of my head. Me either. Yeah. Uh, that's too bad. I should have prepared a joke. Oh well. Ah, true. Uh, Where's Brendan with our cold open? I know, right? We need a we need that scheduled out comedy. Ah, uh, so true. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna be talking about uh that film that just came out on Amazon Prime. Uh, check it out if you you know haven't seen it and you want to uh watch it before you listen to our spoiler free review later in the episode. Go ahead and pause it. Check out the movie on Amazon Prime. But if not, it is spoiler free. So uh, so yeah, I think uh, talk about. The uh, the award ceremony that it was, Matt. Did you actually get to sit down and watch the ceremony? <clears throat> I did not. Um, I was following the results um, online as they came out, but I did not watch it live. No, were there? Did you? I'm assuming you did. I actually did not. Um, oh, okay. It was full disclosure. Um, as I've said before, I'm a college student, and uh, that was the first night that everyone got back to the dorms that I'm living in, and I was just hanging out with my friends who I hadn't seen for a few weeks. So yeah. So I did not get to watch it live. No. Yeah, I, I watched some red carpet stuff, but no, I, I was just refreshing some like <laughs> collider pages on results from it every now and then. Yeah, I w- <laughs> and I was utterly shocked, as was Floyd, on some of the results here. <laughs> oh yeah, shocked. I'm more disappointed than shocked, to be honest. Yeah, I can't say disappointed because I haven't seen a lot of the films, but <laughs> I was surprised nonetheless. Yeah, and I've seen actually since last week, I've seen a couple more of the movies that we'll talk about. So, um, so I'll be able to talk a little more informed, um, not quite fully, but yeah. So, um, guess we'll get right into it. Start at the bottom, um, as we did last week with the music. Best original score motion picture. picture. God, I can't talk. The winner was Justin Hurwitz for First Man. Um, other nominees was the music from A Quiet Place, Isle of Dogs, Black Panther, and Mary Poppins Returns. Um, so, thoughts on this winner, Matt? Yeah, so like I said last episode, I couldn't exactly recall the score from first man i just remembered all the sound effects and um um some like the 50s music that they played so i I was surprised to see this get the win but i remember floyd you were pretty confident in this film when we talked about it yeah um i originally said um and i still hold by that i would i would rather have uh alexandra just for isle of dogs when i thought that was a fantastic score as is everything he does but i i do have to go back and re-listen to first man stuff yeah i did I did really enjoy, as I said last episode, the Isle of Dogs score. I I think I would have given it to First Man. Granted, I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns, so I can't really speak on that. But I would definitely give it to uh, to Hurwitz. I, I think Desplat would would be second for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, Black Panther and Quiet Place, both solid scores. But um, I don't think they would have gotten my vote. So yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty much what I expected to happen, um, what I hope's going to happen for the Oscar. I love Hurwitz, and uh, I'm not sure really how much love First Man's going to get at the Oscars, maybe besides this and some visual stuff. So Yes. So it, it's good to see the movie getting at least some recognition. 
movie that I did enjoy. We can talk about maybe at some point. Definitely. Um, best original song. Uh, the winner was Shallow from A Star Is Born. As we uh, said, it was a 50-50 shot between all the stars from Black Panther. The other nominations were Girl in the Movies from Dumplin', Requiem for a Private War from A Private War, and Revelation from Boy Erased. Um, so yeah, I think this was, I mean, we saw this as a two-song race. It ended up being that, I'm sure, uh, in Shallow from A Star Is Born 1. Not too much of a surprise there for me. Saw that It was one of the few awards that A Star Is Born got, surprisingly. It's the only. I thought, yeah, well... Yeah, I guess only, you're right. Only award. Was it, was it the only? Okay, it was the yeah. only award. I um, as I said in the last podcast, I I thought the Star is Born was going to sweep, was going to take everything, but uh, I, I I proved to be wrong in this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was the only one that a Star is Born won, and okay. um, at the end of this show, I mean, we're gonna probably I'll probably be a little counter productive because we're gonna spend you know x amount of time talking about the globes, and then I'm basically gonna say they don't matter at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I can go into a little rant, um, about that, but I, I don't, I don't think, just long story short, I don't think this affects A Star is Born that much, in terms of its Oscar chances. I would agree with that, because if you look at some of the guilds, and some of the awards they've been handing out, A Star is Born has been getting, um, a good amount of love from that, and I have, that is a better indication of, uh, what the Oscar votes will be, as there's more overlap. Um, so I would agree with you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too nervous if I was Bradley Cooper, um, and Lady Gaga, um, as we'll get to later. But uh, moving on to screenplay, big one I got wrong. Um, the winner was uh, Brian Curie, Peter Farrelly, and Nick Valanoga for Green Book, which shocked yeah. me. This was, I mean, this was probably even more of a shock than a, a certain Best Picture winner that we'll get to later. Yeah, well, I forget what did you say originally. I thought that it would either be. Um, I thought that it was a three-picture race between If Beale Street Could Talk, The Favorite, and Roma, um, with The mm-hmm. Favorite uh, the favorite and Roma being The Favorites. Um, but I was, I was, my pick was The Favorite because um, Roma is a Spanish-language film, and I didn't think they would give it to a Spanish-language film. Yes. Um, but the one that I said, oh, you can count that out, that's not going to win, was Green Book. And yeah. boy, was I wrong because it won. So... I, I was also surprised by that, yes. And Matt, you have not seen Green Book, right? I have not seen Green Book. Okay. No. So, I mean, as I said last week, it's a complicated film. May or may not be talking about it on our Top 20 episode when that's coming up. Um, if, if, if it does end up on one of our lists, uh, we'll be able to talk about it a little more. But it, it was a it's a decent screenplay. It has a messy message in it, and I, I don't know. I'm not overly upset that it won, but I would have given it to honestly. Now that I've seen Vice, I would give it. I would have given it to Vice, the favorite, or Roma over Green Book. Really, probably, okay. yeah. I, I've seen if Beale Street could talk this weekend, so that will be cleared up. <laughs> Finally, that <laughs> that that little hole in my viewing from this this year will be filled. But uh, <laughs> yes, and I will finally be able to say I've seen most of the Oscar movies at that point. Yes. Um. So let's start to get in the meat, meat and potatoes of these uh, these awards with Best Director, Most Motion Picture. Um, the winner was Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. He beat out Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Peter Farrelly for Green Book, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, and Adam McKay for Vice. Uh, this was a category that you had thought was going to Bradley Cooper. Oh, I was uh, pretty certain it was going to Bradley Cooper. But I can say um, I have seen Roma, 
after recording last uh, the last podcast, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with how the, the way this award went. I thought Rome was a fantastic film, and uh, the, the direction and it was fantastic. And, and as it was semi autobiographical, you could just you could feel the personal touches in each of the scenes and the and his memories coming through. I thought it was beautiful, but I was surprised. Yes. Yeah, I I thought it was either going to be Cooper or Quaron. I'm very happy it was Quaron. Uh, mm-hmm. He, as I'll talk about, coming months probably in years. I loved Roma. I think it's one of the most beautiful films I've seen in a long time. It's just, you can feel the love coming off the screen, mm-hmm. which yeah. like, it, you know, Bradley Cooper did a very great job directing A Star Is Born, and I think he's got a really good career ahead of him in filmmaking um, as a director. But I, I think you can feel the love. Like, this is a generational movie. This is not a movie that you're going to get every year. Roma is not something that gets made very often. Something mm-hmm. that's this personal and this beautiful, and it's just this rich character, you know, almost inward look um, of society, too, at the same time. I don't have to get into the details of right now. But I, I think of all these directors, I've now seen all of them. Um, and I would definitely give it to Coron for sure. Yeah. So I think yeah, definitely. One, one of the few I, they, I think that they got right. Um, moving on to another one that I think they arguably got right was supporting actor in any motion picture. Winner was Mahershala Ali for Green Book. The other nominees were Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy, which we'll be talking about very shortly. Uh, Adam, Mad- Adam Driver for Black Klansman. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell for Vice. So you've seen just two of these, correct, Matt? Yeah, I've seen Black Klansman and Beautiful Boy, and obviously I haven't, I haven't seen Green Book, but I um, I, I wanted Timothy Chalamet to win. I thought he was fantastic in Beautiful Boy, as we will be discussing later on in this yes. podcast, but I'm not surprised that it went to Mahershali. Um, I mean, he's... Um, the award shows love him. I, 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 was, I, was, I was pleased to see it go with him. I, I gotta watch the film now and see what I think. Yeah, I was, I was quite, quite happy that um, Mahershala Ali won. Um, he did fantastic job his chemistry with Viggo Mortensen was fantastic uh the two did a great job together uh it's obvious that they had a rapport that I mean obviously if these two wouldn't have worked together the film wouldn't have worked I think Ali was the stronger performance uh compared to Viggo um yeah I I've stated now um to you off off mic that I don't think Rockwell necessarily deserved this nomination um after seeing Vice, uh, that's fine. You know, they were. I don't think probably most of the fo- Hollywood foreign press had even seen Vice when they nominated Sam Rockwell, because they like to do mm-hmm. that. Um, and then Timothy Chalamet, as we'll talk about, was fantastic. Adam Driver was great in Black Klansman, but um, haven't seen Can You Ever Forgive Me? Still, just I need to see that at some point. Um, and I, I think I think this was right. I think this was generally. I think you. I don't think anyone's even if they didn't like Green Book could say that Ali wasn't good in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're moving on to supporting actress in any motion picture. The winner was Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, other nominees were Amy Adams for Vice, Claire Foy for First Man, Emma Stone and Rachel Vice for The Favorite. Um, if Beale Street Could Talk is the only one I haven't seen out of these. Um, so I can't really, you know, like, yeah, I've seen all the ones that lost. Um, (laughs) I was very surprised by this result though. I, I did not think Regina King was going to pull this out. I was as well. Um, I immediately 
cut her out. Like when I when I was thinking, you know, maybe top two people who were uh, vying for the award, I did not think she would get it. Um, I've only seen one of these films, First Man. I thought Claire Ford was absolutely brilliant in that film, so I was hoping she would win, and was extremely surprised when she didn't. But um, I'm happy to see Regina King win. Very strange. Uh, I'm. I think this has actually. Um, it bodes well narrative-wise for um, Regina King to possibly have a shot at supporting actress at the Oscars. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, the, as we'll talk about, as we can talk about throughout this conversation, Hollywood Foreign Press has no overlap with voters for the Oscars, so mm-hmm. I don't think it affects... It, it obviously has nothing to do with the Oscars in that way. I think narrative-wise, mm-hmm. though, Regina King, and especially her speech, her speech was very impactful. If you had, um, I went back and watched it. And it was a very impactful speech about, you know, women in filmmaking, 50%, like, the equality type thing. So her speech also got out there and affected people, I think. And um, I think people are going to be talking about her more and more over the next couple months. Yeah. So I, I think at the very least she has her nomination solidified and maybe even putting herself up there with Claire Foy as a contender. Uh, but yeah. but I, I, as I said before, I think Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone each could have won for the favorite, but I think because they're both nominated, I think it just cuts it, cuts them out. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think either of them are gonna win the Oscar. Unfortunately, even if they're worthy, you know. I agree. Yeah. And a- Amy Adams was quite good in Vice. Um, I think, as we'll be talking about later, um, she she was really solid, and she was not the best part of the movie that we'll be getting to in this next category. But, uh, yeah, I think she was really solid and at least deserved consideration for it. Mm-hmm. But moving on to that said winner is Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. The winner was Christian Bale for Vice. Um, his opponents were Lin-Manuel Miranda for Mary Poppins Returns, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, Robert Redford for The Old Man and the Gun, and John C. Riley for Stan and Ollie. I mean, I think this was pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, no surprise here at all. Yeah, Bale, as I, I, I can say now that I've seen it, 100% deserved this. He was absolutely amazing in that movie. And what yeah. a speech, too. Did you see the speech? Um, I heard about it, how he thanked Satan. Yes. Oh, my God. It was so fantastic. It was so funny. It was so off the cuff. He, I mean, like, he had to have known in the back of his mind that he was going to win, right? Like, it was yeah. pretty obvious that he was going to win. And it seemed like he prepared nothing. <laughs> this guy just went up there was just talking to his wife while he was on stage like who did I forget to thank and it was it was a great back and forth and then he thanked Satan made a oh joke that goodness. made a joke that Mitch McConnell was next uh, <laughs> and uh, just definitely the best speech just comedic entertainment value wise of the night uh, got uh-huh. to see drunk people say s- dumb stuff on stage yes yes that's Always the best fun. part of the globes and uh, yeah, Christian Bale delivered it this this year. Um, I feel like he's he's at a he's at a point in his career when he he's he's so renowned and he's got so many awards. I feel like he can certainly do that. Just go up on stage and BS his way through a speech yeah. and say stuff like that. And he also said he was like, "Now my wife said to me, one bad speech can ruin a career, so I'm not going to say anything bad.'" <laughs> and I don't think he did, honestly. Like I don't even the Satan thing, like. It was half a joke, half not, but also at the same time, no one in Hollywood's going to be mad that he called Dick Cheney Satan. Like, yes. like <laughs> I mean, maybe if we were at Fox News, then he'd get fired, but uh, in yes. Hollywood, yeah, you're fine. Um, but no, yeah, no real surprise. The only competition I think he really had was Viggo Mortensen, and I just don't think his performance was that strong, um, even though I loved Viggo in Green Book. 
Um, so moving on to a surprising one, kind of, uh, the category that we said was most up in the air was um, actress in a musical or comedy, and the winner was Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. She beat out Emily Blunt for Mary Poppins Returns, Elsie Fisher for 8th Grade, Charlize Theron for Tully, Constance Wu for Crazy Rich Asians. So, thoughts on Olivia Coleman pulling this one out? So, I have not seen The Favorite. Um, I was surprised by this one. But, I, I mean, looking back now, I, I can see... I mean, yeah, I can see that they would give it to her. I, I would would have loved to see Elsie Fisher win, but I, I, I did not think that was possible. And I, I don't think Tully got enough love, the movie in general. No, it Even didn't. if Charlize Theron's performance was... And I know you really liked her yeah. performance. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not too surprised now. Yeah, I'm not overly surprised either. It was just... It was the most wide open. Like, I guarantee you, there's like, I think, 60 to 70 voters. Sorry if you just heard background noise. Um, there's like 60 to 70 voters in the Hollywood Foreign Press. I guarantee really? you, Coleman probably had like 30 to 35 votes. Like, it was yeah. probably a not a majority thing, and it was probably a highly, a very close race. I guarantee you, every single person on this list got at least five votes, I would say. Yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not Constance Wu. I don't know. But uh, I guarantee you, Elsie Fisher, Shelley Theron, and Emily Blunt all got sizable amounts of, non- of votes. Yeah. But um, moving on to one that was kind of a toss-up. We have Best Performance in a Motion Picture Drama uh, by an Actor, and that winner was Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. He beat out Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased, and John David Washington for Black Klansman. Um, I would say this was less of a surprise than one we'll talk about later. Yeah, I, um... I thought that it would go this way, um, even if the movie wasn't too well-received. I mean, Rami Malek was lauded with praise for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. I still haven't seen the movie <laughs> again, but it wasn't too surprised. Yeah, I wasn't overly surprised. Um, I think Malik was my prediction last week, but um, I'm still still part of me is, is curious what's going to happen with between him and Bradley Cooper at the Oscars. I, I don't know if this necessarily sways anything. Um but it's it's gonna be a, a tight battle, I think, between him and Cooper for most actor and Christian Bale. I forgot about. I completely forgot that Christian Bale's gonna get thrown in with these guys too. Oh, he will at the oh, Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, duh. Um, oh, that, yeah. I think it would come down to Bale or Rami Malek. That's. I think I, I'm gonna make a prediction right now. I think Rami Malek will win. You think over yeah, Christian Bale? It's yeah, it's gonna so. it's gonna be a tight race. I can't. I that's mean, gonna be close. I think I still think Cooper's got a shot too. I wouldn't count him out either. Really. I think he's got a shot. I don't think so. I don't know. I think he'd be third out of those, but I think he's got a shot. I'm going to be interested, too, to see who gets those last two nominations. It's probably going to be Vigo uh, for the Oscars. And then, I don't know after that. Maybe Lucas Hedges? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who's going to fill that fifth slot. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think Defoe's going to get it. Doubt it, yeah. Possibly Redford. I would say Redford's Maybe, a possibility. That, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, last film, penultimate type thing. Yeah, yeah he has a good performance in it, and, it, and it's his last film. I think he's got a shot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, yeah, Rami Malek, as I've said a million times, no matter how much I'll dog on that movie, he was by far the only reason to see the movie. He, <sighs> he was so, he was fantastic. He was fantastic, deserved this award. I'm not fighting that whatsoever. Rami Malek, I mean... It was a performance for the ages, honestly. It's a, it's a 
he made the movie worth seeing. Like, yeah, he is the only reason to see the movie. He's the only reason to preserve the movie. Um, but I think I'm showing my hand about an opinion about a movie that wins later. Um, <laughs> moving on to a big, big upset. The winner for Best Actress in Motion Picture Drama, Glenn Close for The Wife, beating out Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, Nicole Kidman for Destroyer, Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Rosamund Pike for A Private War. This blew me I away. Thought, I thought for sure Lady Gaga had this under wraps. I, I was, And we immediately counted Glenn Close out. Yeah. And I, I was very surprised by this. And not only did Lady Gaga not win it, but the person that everyone expected her to lose to, if she was going to lose, didn't win it. Melissa McCarthy was yep. the presumptive upset. Like, if, if yep. Lady Gaga's not getting this, it's going to be Melissa McCarthy. No yep. one expect. I think the only person I would have been more surprised by was Rosamund Pike. Yeah, that would have been really shocking. <laughs> yeah, that would be the only person that I would have expected less. I, I did not think Glenn Close had anywhere near a chance for this. Yeah, the, the same. And it's not to say anything about her performance. I haven't seen the film. Um, I hope I do at some point, especially before the Oscars, because I think this does solidify her nomination, at least, just because it's the narrative, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's yeah. she's being talked about. It was a huge upset. Um, so I think I think she might have a nomination locked down. Um, we'll see, though. I, I don't think it's a guarantee, because, I mean, look at Aaron Taylor-Johnson, one supporting actor at the Globes a few years ago for Nocturnal Animals and did not get nominated for an Oscar. That's right. So it does happen, but not, not very often that a winner of an award at the, at, of drama at the awards um, don't go on to get an Oscar nomination. But yeah, I was, I was shocked by this. Absolutely shocked. Definitely. And I still think Gaga's a favorite for the Oscar. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, it's still a long ways from now. Um, then we got motion picture foreign language. Uh, Roma won. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, did, did anyone really see Shoplifters, Never Look Away Girl, or Capernaum really have a, have any chance here? Not at all. I mean, the, the director of one of these movies won Best Director. Like, it's... It, it was, it was bad at bad. that point, yeah, at that point, the other, like... All these other movies, I'm sure, are fantastic, and any other year could have a shot at best foreign language film. But like, when I'm sure, like when they, when the studios and the filmmakers were like putting this up, like, yeah, we're gonna get Oscar nominations and maybe some Golden Globe nominations for you know, this is the movie we're gonna submit, you know, because each country can only submit one, I believe. And the fact that they just see shit, Roma's, <laughs> I'm like, oh well, okay, guess we're not winning this one. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> well, we got nominated. Good try. Um. <laughs> Moving on, because there's not really much to analyze there, because um, I'm pretty sure that's going to win Best Picture. At least um, that's, one, that's where I'm leaning right now. Um, I would agree. So moving on to Best Motion Picture Animated. So, so happy. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse takes home the statue, beats out Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, and Ralph Freaks the Internet. Oh, this, was, this was one of the ones I was most happy about. Yeah, I I have yet to see Spider Verse, oh, but really? I, I, I thought, thought that it would it. go this way. Nope, I still haven't seen it. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, the closest one to to that they were, that was gonna snag the award other than them was Incredibles two, and I didn't think that was gonna happen. 
Um, if Ralph, if Wrecker Ralph two won the award, like the internet would have actually broke. <laughs> like I get, yeah, that I can't imagine that happening Very in any true. situation. Yeah, that I think Ralph breaks the internet would have been equally as surprising as um, Glenn Close winning yeah. actress. <laughs> um, I still think Isle of Dogs and Incredibles two had had. I'm sure they had votes. I'm sure they had a decent shot. Um, yeah, I, I still think they have a decent shot at the Oscar, but uh, this bodes well for Spider-Man. I I didn't know if this film was going to get recognition as best animated, and now that the Globes have given it the honor, um, I think I think it bodes well. I think it's it's helping for sure. Certainly. Yeah, and um, fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, just because it's an animated f- superhero film, I know that's not your reasoning. I'm saying like for. Yeah, for yeah. Uh, for others who who are like ah superhero animated film no nah, that's not for me go see it you'll love it um, and then thank me later <laughs> um, so moving on to the two big ones the motion pictures winner yeah. for motion picture musical or comedy Green Book beat out Crazy Rich Asians the favorite Mary Poppins Returns and Vice uh, this is what I had seen happening did you did you say Green Book I think so maybe I believe so. Yeah, I, I would say this was pretty, uh, pretty safe bet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the only one that c- uh, could have maybe been the favorite, but the favorite only had one actress before this. No surprise here. <laughs> Not too much. Yeah, I think I still think Vice had an outside chance just because of how many damn nominations it had. Like. Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't. Did any film win more than two two awards? I think it was only. Oh, Green Book won three. Okay. Screenplay. Screenplay at supporting one. actor. Oh so yeah. Yeah. You're so right. I think I think that was it though. Sorry yeah. about the sirens. Um <laughs> uh, so moving on. Uh let me get on my soapbox. Yes. Here we go. The we winner go. for best motion picture drama, Bohemian Rhapsody, beat out Black Panther, Black Klansman, if Beale Street could talk and a star is born. Like I didn't. I didn't want to have to. I didn't want to have to be mean. I don't. I. There's so many times on on Cinema Talk that I shit on movies. And to be honest, I probably dislike like fifteen to thirty percent of the movies I watch. Like it's not a high percentage. It's just somehow on this show and on Cinema Talk podcast, I we find the movies that I can bitch about, and I just. The more distance I've gotten from this movie, the more I dislike it. Like, it's, it was one of those movies that I walked out of the theater like, yeah, that was fine. It was a, you know, it was fine. It wasn't very accurate, but it was a, it was a good, you know, good time in the movies. And since then, my opinion of this movie has just devolved. And I, I'm getting towards the point that I'm just mad. I think, I'm, I think it, it, the fact that it's getting all these nominations and award wins, when it's just such a mediocre movie. Like, I can't think of the last time that, like, there's something special about every Oscar Best Picture winner. Like, there's something that makes it, like, yes, like, even if I didn't love it, like, I can see why, you know, that was, you know, the film that we are going to, as a a film community, raise up and say, this is the one that needs to be recognized from this year. The only thing in this movie worth recognizing is is Rami Malek. Everything else everything else besides entertainment value which is like oh it's a rock concert when was the last time we gave a rock concert best motion picture drama like holy shit like i can go see a really great travis scott concert 
doesn't mean I'm gonna nominate it for best motion picture drama. Like I, I just I am so baffled by the fact that this lifetime movie won best picture drama. Like it's it's literally it is a lifetime movie. Like if you've seen like the J.K. Rowling biopic on Lifetime, which I unfortunately have, it is that quality with Queen's music in it. You know what I'm saying? Like with Queen's <laughs> music in it and a really solid like performance by Rami Malek. But in terms of storytelling quality and direction, it is on par with that. Off my soapbox. I'm done. Damn. I I have got to watch this movie. Because I've got to see what I think about it, but that that was that was intense. It, yeah, that was uh, that, that was passionate. That was wow. that has built up over the last two days, where I'm like, I know that I'm going to get to talk about this on the mic. I know I'm going to get to bitch about this fully. No one can stop me. I'm the one recording the podcast. Uh, yeah. As soon just... as I woke up in the morning and saw that result, I went, "Oh no!" Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I'm, I'm... Floyd's going to explode. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I exploded when I saw it. I uh, it's just frustration. Uh, all, I mean, I haven't seen if Bill Street could talk, but, like, I guarantee you it's a better movie than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I I was reading up on some articles, um, it was the worst reviewed film since Out of Africa to win a Best Picture at the Golden Globes. Um. Wow. I, I, I just don't understand how we're accepting this mediocrity, honestly. Like, there, I just don't understand how the how this many people are accepting the mediocrity of this film and just saying like oh it was a fun time like is that seriously what we're coming to as a film society like people are saying that like people like you know general movie audiences general movie audiences um can say what they will about like the transformers movies the fast and furious movies like they were fun pulp i went and had fun at the movies good for you that's fine i'm not trying to take anything away from you with that i'm just saying that it's not a well-made film it's the same thing with this people are going to see this they're loving it which is fine i'm not trying to take that away from anyone that liked the movie i'm just saying looking at it from a critical lens which is what we do especially when we're looking at awards this is like like this is the film snobs giving you know the the best movie that they saw and we're really saying this is the best they got we're literally saying that this this level of entertainment deserves the attention that that us as a society of film critics and people who really care about this more than just a time to go you know once every few weeks and just blow a few hours you know at at the movie theater you know it means more than that to us and the fact that we're saying that this is the best that we can do it's just really disappointing that's why i said i'm I'm more disappointed than surprised but leads to my next point that the hollywood (laughs) foreign press is a fucking joke and I don't know if I need to get any more into it than that, but uh, if you think otherwise, that's fine. But I don't, I, you know, we spent some time talking about the Golden Globes because it's something to talk about, something that people, you know, watch and, you know, a lot of people absorb, so, you know, it gives us something meaty to talk about, but I, I don't care. Like, th- this award ceremony, more than ever, especially this award, made me just like yeah i'm done with the golden globes like i just i'm no longer going to use them as a benchmark you know sure yeah so uh yeah on so on that, that note yeah so uh moving on uh moving on from the golden globe yeah we leave all that trash behind us yeah uh, <laughs> I, that was very cathartic for me like that was that was as I'm much like, for your for listeners entertainments as uh as for my own mental health um i'm, I'm glad you got that off your chest yeah. 
So, we are going to be talking about, I think, a good movie, even though it was also a, a controversial film. Um, so, we're going to be talking about the um, Felix von Groningen film, uh, Beautiful Boy, uh, that stars Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet, Mara Tierney, and Amy Ryan, uh, based off of the um, dueling memoirs by uh, Dave and Nick Schaff. Um so Matt, you were you were very excited for this film. Yes, this was on my top three most anticipated films um, of 2018. Just from the first time I saw the trailer, and <clears throat> excuse me, two actors that I love, Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet, seeing them in a father-son dynamic. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, th- sore throat. Matt's um, dying over here. It's fine. Don't yes, worry about I'm it. dying over here. <laughs> in in that restaurant scene that they highlighted in the trailer, it just blew my mind. I couldn't wait. Um, I, I I enjoyed the movie. I re- I really did enjoy the movie. Um, it was not as good as I hoped it would be. Um, I thought that the movie got better as it went along. I it, I, I, me and Floyd hold some common criticism. Like we both thought that we could use a bit more emotion. I it feels <laughs> wrong of me to ask this, but I, I like I, I wanted I like I wanted that scene where like Timothy Chalamet is just like breaking down like in his room and just like sobbing. And we like we got parts uh, somewhat close to that, but I never quite got the emotional payoff I wanted. Uh, I never I never really felt that like uh, some this urge of this emotion like stirring in me. Um, nonetheless, like I said, beautifully acted film by Timothy Chalamet. Just uh, it's a well told story. Um, I thought. As I said, the movie got better, so it went along. I thought in the beginning, kind of covering the early stages of his addiction, I thought it was pretty rocky and hard hard to follow. And some of the editing techniques they used, flipping flipping back uh, in between different time periods, I thought was just a little bit um, disorienting. It didn't really – I thought it would have worked better with just a strictly linear format. Um, but no, overall, I, I, I did really enjoy this movie, yes. Yeah, um, I – I just finished watching this movie an hour ago, so this is very raw. These are uh, not very shaved, hammered-down, fine points that I'm going to be talking about. Um, But, uh, yeah, I really like this film. Uh, The Rotten Tomatoes score kind of threw me off a little bit, where I was going in kind of, like, prepared that, like, some people didn't like this and some didn't. It's the same thing that I just did with Vice. Um, I came out of the movie liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I thought... See, the thing with the emotional part that we'll, that we'll get to, uh, certain aspects of the movies almost made me cry, and then at certain points I felt super disconnected, and the thing that I started to realize towards the end was that watching the film was almost like dealing with an addict, that it is scattershot, you're sometimes going to have this uproar of emotion, and sometimes it's just going to be gone. And you're just not going to know what it's doing. And I don't know if that was intentional or not. And that's that's the problem that I'm brushing up against. That I think the problem with this film is its pacing. Uh, I said this last week with Bird Box. And it applies again here. I don't think this is the strongest script. Um, and like you said, I think the emotional points come from the actors. Not mm-hmm. from the script. I think that the the really impactful times in this film 
are when we're getting rock-solid performances by Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell, who I think Steve Carell is getting way overlooked this awards season. I thought he was fantastic in this film. Um, maybe not, I don't think he's better than Chalamet, but I think he's he, he's probably slightly below, but almost equal to Chalamet. Um, I thought Carell's fantastic. I love Steve Carell. I think he's a fantastic dramatic actor. I think he's so much more than just Michael Scott. Uh, I think he's proved that at this point. Um, Foxcatcher and so many others that he is just wonderful in. Even Vice. I thought he was fantastic in Vice, too, having just seen that. Um, but no, yeah, directing was fine. So, there were some beautiful shots in this film. Some of the cinematography Gorgeous. was fantastic. There's a scene with a sprinkler, if you remember that, that... Uh, yes. shows sunlight coming through the sprinkler <coughs> that was just gorgeous and um, I think it was some, some fantastic imagery in the film but uh, yeah I think it, it is ultimately held down a little bit by the scattershot nature of the screenplay which again I think comes back to the adaptation adaptations of books are hard the thing that's hard about books is that you can jump from from time period to time period in chapters because that's the way a book is structured. You can jump from chapter to chapter, show different time periods at different times. Sometimes when you're adapting it, that, that pacing is really hard to translate into film. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably where this film ran into problems. It was probably in the adaptation stage of pacing. And I think going through my first, you know, just through my first couple films that I've made at film school, it's become obvious to me that the hardest thing filmmaking wise you can have a good story you can have good performances you get good direction it is so hard to learn pacing and i think you learn that like you see that a lot in first time directors and early on screenwriters i don't know if this was a first time screenwriter um but it, it, it's a mistake you see early on for people that it pacing's really hard to figure out and i think that's probably what ended up happening oh no never mind this was the guy who wrote lion and won best adapted screenplay for that so what the fuck do i know but <laughs> oh never mind <laughs> but you know okay so yeah i was wrong on that first time writer but i think i don't know the pacing was really i think what what shot this down for me yeah um i, I would agree with that i i i, I thought i just like the early stages of the addiction it just it wasn't handled well, and it, sometimes it felt like you were just like thrown into it. I was kind of confused, and the, the 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 flashbacks weren't really doing it for me. But yeah, about your point of you know maybe they structured the movie this way, um, the, for that's how it feels to have a relationship with an addict, especially it's when it's as intimate as the addict being your son, um, which is, is certainly possible. I, I didn't think of that. Um, I felt like towards the end of the movie there were some um, some moments and some decisions by the characters that the movie didn't, like, I, I won't get into spoilers, but the movie didn't handle them as dramatically as it should have. Like, there were things that some characters did that were, like, really contradictory to what they had done before and extremely, like, important and kind of shocked me. Um, and I would have liked to see the film, you know, maybe put more of an emphasis on that, but maybe that's what you were talking about. You know, maybe it, it was trying to make that emotionally distant feeling to it. So, yeah, that, that is an interesting point. Yeah, my... I think I know what you're talking about. There's a specific... I'm not going to get into what. There's a specific decision that Steve Carell's character makes that I feel like we missed a scene. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I feel like there was one five-second shot, no dialogue, that had to carry the weight of an entire confrontation. Um, yes. That shows a shift in mindset for Steve Carell's character. Um, and I think that that is probably the the problem with the ending of the film for me um but i'm not going to get into specifics obviously 
Um, but yeah, I think that that decision was the one that I feel like we needed to feel. Like that needed to yes. really punch us, it, and it, it lost that emotional punch. But I think the first, you know, hour and a half leading up to that had some solid dramatic moments, especially Jack Dylan Glazer, it, um, it alum, uh, loved him in the film. He was uh, only in a few scenes, but when I saw him, I got really excited every every time I see anyone from from my movie. I'm getting gonna get gonna get hyped. Can't wait for that sequel. Agreed, and he does look a lot like a younger Timothy Chalamet. I never uh, noticed that before, but when they put him in the film, it definitely worked. Yeah, I um, I in terms of just the other actors in the film, I thought everyone else was really good. Uh, uh, more Tierney, I think I'm pronouncing her name wrong, but she played uh, Steve Carell's wife. She was really good. Um, Amy Ryan, uh, that was kind of sad to see her in this film. If you're, you know, if you know The Office, obviously Amy Ryan played Holly, and you know, opposite to Michael Scott. Oh, um, and, okay, and, got it. Yeah, yeah, I Man, didn't get and, that first viewing. You didn't, you didn't pick, you didn't get that. Okay, no. I don't. I, I'm and, gonna full disclosure. I've only seen like. 15 to 20 episodes of The Office. Really? Random episodes. I did not know that. I've seen actually wow. I've seen probably 6 to 7 episodes after Michael Scott left The Office. Okay. So I okay. I know, you know, limited things about The Office. Okay. I did not know that. But um in this movie they're divorced. Um so that was kind of sad to see, but they had some very good emotional scenes together. Yeah, I agree with that. Mart uh Mara Tyranny, I think is her name. She was quite yeah. good. I thought she was fantastic as uh, Nick's stepmother. Um, yeah. Really, all the performances were, were rock solid. Uh, Chalamet, you know, I just finished viewing the film, so I don't quite know where that performance ranks among supporting performances. It's definitely, it would definitely get a nomination from me. I'm not sure. I'd have to sit down and really think about it to think about if I would give him the, the award, but he, I mean, definitely deserves consideration. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic, and as I said earlier, I would have liked to see him win. Um, um, Timothy Chalamet, I mean, <laughs> what more do you have to say about the guy? There's been so much stuff written and talked about him and you know, the next greatest actor of our generation. I think he's fantastic, and I think he's proving himself with each film that comes out. Just able to transmute such raw emotion, especially in this film. I mean, um, I know I said that I did want some more emotional payoff, but uh, there were some scenes that definitely delivered kind of partially on that. Um, you know, just scenes of him being at like the, just the the depths. You know, cannot go um, any lower in the stages of addiction. It, it's heartbreaking scene. I think he plays it with a lot of nuance and some really just fantastic acting. Yeah, I think Chalamet is proving with every new big movie that he's doing a different side of him. Like he plays this really tender, soft person in Call Me By Your Name. He played this, like, stuck-up prick in Lady Bird, and now he's playing, like, this scattershot meth addict in Boy, uh, Beautiful Boy. He's just showing fantastic range, and I think him and Lucas Hedges have to be in, a, like, a movie opposite each other at some point, you know, coming up. Oh, my God. Like, I haven't thought of that. That would be a... Oh, I don't... That'd be insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. They have to at some point, right? I mean, they were both in Lady Bird, but they... I don't even think they ever shared the screen. You're right. Yeah, I yeah, know. You're right. Yeah, so, I mean, they're both... I think they're both probably the two biggest up-and-coming actors that are going to be, you know, in the awards conversations for their entire career, you know, and they're starting Most when they're definitely. 15 or 16 Absolutely. Or um, yeah. And, yeah, let's talk about Steve Carell. I thought he was – I thought he was great. Now, you seem to have a little bit of a different opinion on this. No, he was certainly good. 
Um, I didn't think it was anything that good. Like, it, it was what I had seen him do before. Like, it, it was... It, I don't I don't know. It, it, it was kind of... I mean, there were scenes, you know, where he definitely exploded emotionally, but it was... Like, there was nuance in the role, but it, it was... I don't know, like... Just, you know, it just was sad dad. But it sounds really mean to say. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I just... I didn't get too much else other than that kind of side of... You know the the melancholy and the sadness and kind of the depression and not not knowing what to do. I mean, like, like I said, it was, you know, it was great to watch. I love Steve Carell to death, but you know it certainly didn't blow my mind. I would disagree. I think that uh, Carell has shown us you know different sides of him, but I think what really was so impactful. I I wouldn't say that we've seen this before, um, but also at the same time, I think it was it was a very impactful um, performance as a father. I think that's really what what really hit me in that. Obviously, I don't have these type of situations with my dad, but I could see certain interactions between me and, uh, you know, interactions. But, you know, everyone sees themselves in films sometimes, and I kind of saw some interactions where Steve Carell's demeanor was very similar to my dad's demeanor, where, I, I don't know, I just connected with it on that level, even though, obviously, I've never had that kind of situation. It was just more of the, like, personality-wise felt, felt very similar, so it felt a little more personal. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't... I don't know how to quantify that film-wise, but uh, it just I don't know his performance just as a loving dad just really felt I really felt that in the performance. Yeah, um, I get that. I, I don't I don't know. It was a very impactful performance that way for me, and I think he should get more more recognition. But uh, th- this film is a little uh, it's a little repetitive too. I think at the same time it's kind of the uh, the same thing happening over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Which again, that's an addict. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how much. See, the thing is, I don't know how much of this was intentional with the film. Yeah, that's the tough question to ask. Yeah, I mean, because you think that filmmakers are smart enough at the same time. You, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this was meant... In, and also, at the same time, it's about an addict, and that's always going to happen with an addict. So, or not always, you know. You know what I'm saying. It, it happens with addicts where they relapse, and then they relapse, and they get better, and then they relapse. And it, portraying that story in a very human way... Um, I think the the way and it kind of ended up contradicting itself, um, but I don't want to come off as too negative because I really I felt there were some really impactful emotional scenes. Um, I think for the most part, um, it's a really solid film. That I don't, I don't know. I feel like the pacing. Do you think it was the pacing that ended up throwing so many people off, or what was it? Do you think? <clears throat> I think it was the pacing. For me, the pacing and the lack of emotional payoff and I think that was probably the the main reasons for the for the general public as well. I think if there would have been like which which may be a good thing, you know, maybe it's a good thing that they didn't have like that one key Oscar scene where like they were just blatantly like pushing like this one actor or you know, the the movie for, you know, some awards. You know, I think maybe if but I, I did want a little bit more emotion. I think if they would have had something like that, I think the public, you know, there would have been a little bit more buzz about it. But yeah, it's certainly Flew under the radar, but didn't get as many high reviews as you know. It, it was, all the buzz was getting before it came out. All I'll say about this is, I think the last scene could have been that, but they decided not to. Which I and thought was I think, smart. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was smart in terms of you know showing just showing that emotion, not needing that uh, big scene. I think it still came across for me. Uh, because I was engaged with the rest of the film, but if you weren't engaged throughout the the entirety of the film, uh, at least 
at least intellectually, if not emotionally, that's just not going to hit. And that's probably where a lot of critics went off the film. So, uh, any final thoughts, Matt, uh, before we get into ratings? Um, yeah, so I think I've said mostly uh, my thoughts about this film. Um, yeah, like Floyd said, don't want to come across too mean about this or too hard. Um, I, I did really enjoy the film. Wasn't Didn't quite live up to the expectations I had. Granted, those expectations were very high and probably unreachable <laughs> but no i still came out of this uh came out of this movie uh quite happy yeah um so i think that's about it final thoughts and ratings or ratings yeah, yeah. um for my rating um this is a tough one so, yeah so so like i said I, I really enjoyed this film there were parts of it that i didn't i didn't just didn't quite do it for me but i as the film went along i think it got a lot better so i think we're gonna go with a b plus uh, yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you and give it a B-plus as well. I think it was a really solid film. Um, had some really nice cinematography, you know, wonderful performances by Chalamet and Carell. And also by Tierney and Ryan. I thought they were both great, too, um, in their supporting roles. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really solid film. Has some pacing problems. Uh, has some maybe emotional depth problems. It's still really heavy. Like there's some like there's a lot of scenes that are just tough to watch. It's like like scenes that I can't even really describe. Just and it, it not even having experienced anything like it. Um, you know, either having a relative or you know myself. Like no one, I've had no experience with this, and it was still tough to watch. Um, and having said that, I think it it it, it portrayed that well from that perspective. That it, it's still having no personal experience still was like almost unbearable to watch so uh yeah i think that wraps up the second episode um we'll be back this time next week reviewing a movie or two matt has seen roma i have seen roma finally um so my my criticism on the golden globes could hold some merit (laughs) yeah so i i'm steadily you know uh watching some more lists and filling my uh top list of 2018 back up um i'm getting there yeah, so we so we will be back next week. Uh, may or may not be a another film with a B and a B two words. We'll see. No promises. Uh, um, I will at least be able to talk about Beale Street. I don't know if I'll do a review, but I will have seen Beale yes. Street by then, hopefully. Yeah, not sure what we'll do, but it's bound to be fascinating and interesting because this is the Cinematog Podcast <laughs> channel, and everything on here is fantastic. Yeah, um, so wonderful. Yeah. No, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. So uh, we will be back this time next week with a. Another review or two, um, and maybe some big thing will happen in the movies that we can talk about. Absolutely. So, uh, and Oscar season is coming up, so once we roll around there, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a, some great discussions on that. Yeah, I believe Tuesday the 22nd is when yes. uh, the announcements come out, so we might wait yeah. till Tuesday that week and just do a do a, uh, do a a roundup on the Oscar reviews, or Oscar nominations. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys enjoyed this, go back, check out our first episode, all of our back catalog of all the different podcasts that we've done. Um, share us around if you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm Ryan. I'm Matthew. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Thank you. See you.